off and the clock has started. This is 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. My name is Doug Prezak, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. You know, I say that every week, but I really do mean it. Thank you for I don't have a lot of listeners, but since you are listening to me now, I count you as one of my dozens of friends. So thank you very much for listening. I'd also like to thank uh, this episode's announcer, Alexis. Alexis, I appreciate what you did for me, even though I had to cut part of your script, and you know what I'm talking about. Now, as I was getting ready to record episode six here, I had all my notes laid out in front of me. I was all ready to go. And then I looked over and my cat was sitting there staring at me. It truly was creepy. I decided right there to scrap the original episode six. We're going to do a new one. And it's cats. What's with them? Now, full disclosure, we have three cats in this household. They were all rescue cats. We adopted them from a cat uh, rescue center. The oldest one, he's about maybe five, six, seven, eight, twenty 20 years old. We're not certain. Uh, he is a very huge cat. He's the size of a uh, snow leopard. He's very docile, uh, loves to have his back scratched. The middle one uh, is our young lady. She's about two years old, and she's been with us about 10 months. I think she's still sizing the place up. I know she's still sizing me up. And the youngest one is about a year and a half old, and I I just refer to him as the Holy Terror. And now that that's out of the way, for the next 18 minutes or so, we're going to talk about the cat psyche. And uh, since you've been a loyal listener, you know what comes next. I've done research, so you don't have to. Let's go. The first thing we need to talk about is cat vocalizations. I did not want to say the word meowing. Meowing just sounds like a word you hear on the Cartoon Network. But, and, and I just didn't want to use that. But hey, get this. I did create a new word. You, uh, I, if you have a cat, you know, I'm sure you've heard this. And that's when uh, your cat is yawning. At the same time, uh, he kind of meows. I call that meowning. There you go. You're welcome. Feel free to use that. Uh, I'm going to copyright it. So if you do use it, I need to get credit for it. But I am uh, sending it to Miriam Webster and see if she'll include that in her book. As for meowing, no. So we'll say the cat vocalizations. And you're familiar with all of them. It's not rocket science. Frankly, I got the research from Fresh Step, you know, the cat litter people. So so it's not exactly uh, Harvard research here. Everybody knows purring, and that means I'm so happy right now. Uh, The second one is the hiss, which means translated, I'm worried, back off. And usually that's your first warning to get to get out of the way or stop with doing what you're doing because the next one is the growl. And that usually ends up with you making a trip to the bathroom and the medicine cabinet to find the box of Band-Aids. There is a trill, which is a high-pitched sound that translates to, hello, I am so glad to see you. Give me a little pet. That's what it said. I didn't write that. That's, that's in quotation marks. Hello. I'm so glad to see you. Give me a little pet. And actually, one of our cats does do that. The little girl, she'll she'll do that trolling, and then she falls over on her side uh, almost to say, give me a pet. Uh, then there's chatter. And chattering is when uh, their teeth start vibrating and making a little chattering noise. And that's always associated with hunting. And you'll usually hear that from your cat if your cat does that. Uh, when they see a prey or if they're looking out the window, So I personally have translated the chattering into, Doug, open the window. The last one 
is the yowl. Now, if you have a cat, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't have a cat, this will keep you from getting a cat. It's the yowl. This is one of the worst sounds you you can hear from your cat. And nine times out of 10, you hear the yowl about 1 a.m. in the morning. And what that means is either your cat is in, is in pain or your cat just doesn't feel good. Regardless, if you hear a yowl, the next thing you need to do is go get a paper towel because guaranteed something is coming up. Besides meowing, ah, dang it. Besides vocalizations, the next thing we ought to talk about uh, kind of gives you a heads up as to what's going on in your cat's brain is the body language. If you own a cat or two or three, or in the case of somebody else, I know four cats, uh, you've probably seen all these behaviors. First up is the tails up. They walk around the house with tails sticking straight up in the air. And that usually means, hey, I'm happy. I'm confident. I'm comfortable. Yay. Life is good. The next one is the ears flattened against their head. Uh, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this one out either. That means I'm scared, angry, or upset. And that's usually uh, connected to the growl or the hiss or the Band-Aid box. Uh, if the cat was walking around with its tail and back arched, you can think of this as the Halloween cat posture. Somebody actually had to name that the Halloween cat posture. Uh, it means I'm scared, defensive, or I want to be in the motion pictures. If their tail is tucked between their legs, that means I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm unsure. I mean, frankly, if everybody's tail is tucked between their legs, they're pretty uncomfortable, unsure. If their tail is fluffed out, uh, all the hair stands straight out and makes it look like a feather duster, that means I'm scared or I got upset. I, were, I was unpleasantly surprised. Uh, the rollover, this was kind of tricky because sometimes this is an invitation to rub their belly or their chest, but often it's a defensive posture that allows Kitty to give you a beat down with all 20 claws. I know this for a fact. The Holy Terror will follow her to the side and you go, oh, how cute. And I reach down and scratch him and then I'm dialing 911. The next one is actually kind of hilarious. Uh, one of my cats does it all the time. And that's where they sit there with their mouth slightly ajar and their eyes kind of closed. And it looks like they're about to sneeze. And they will sit there for a long time looking at you like that. And it actually has a name. It's called the Fleeman, Flemin, something, F-L-E-H-M-E-N response. Why on earth this particular cat behavior needed to be named? I have no idea, but it has a name. Anyway, they will do that for an extended period of time. And that's because a cat has just investigated a particular item or a scent. So I'm not certain when our cat is sniffing in our house, but I probably should look into that. And lastly is the headbutt. Uh, it's not the violent, you know, brain injury kind. Although, well, this is instead, it's a happy greeting. It's a gesture of love. They kind of ram up against your leg and, and uh, just want to say, hey, I'm here. Love you, man. John Bradshaw is an expert on cat behavior and he's the author of a best-selling book on cat science. Did you even know there was a science on cats? He wrote the book on it. And John says that there's plenty of evidence that points to the fact that cats see humans as nothing more than fellow cats. 
Now, I don't know if my cat has ever looked in a mirror and then looked at me and looked back in the mirror, but he could pretty much tell. But no, according to according to a cat expert, John, uh, cats see us as fellow cats. And in some ways, they don't just treat us as fellow cats. They treat us like we're their actual cat moms. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, okay, okay. Cats, you be you. But humans don't really act like cats, and we really don't look like cats. So I say, do cats kind of see us somewhat differently? And uh, cat scientist John says, no, they think we're cats, but they do think we're clumsy. Uh, He says, not many cats trip over people, but we do trip over cats. I say, no, 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 no. We don't just walk into a room and inadvertently trip over a cat sleeping on the floor. No, these cats strategically plan their attack. I'll be walking down the hallway and I'll see the cat sitting on a chair uh, in the other room. As I go into the kitchen, next thing I know, he is running in and out of my legs like he's on some sort of downhill ski slope. No, they do it on purpose. So uh, yeah, that tripping thing, it's on them. Okay, I'm sorry, I got a little worked up over that. So this may be a good time for a, uh, a short break. And we come back, we'll ask the question, are cats aloof and standoffish? You decide. And, and the answer is yes. I'm just saying cream of wheat does not get nearly enough respect, okay? All right, where were, oh, uh, cats aloof or standoffish. Experts say it's a myth that cats are aloof or standoffish. <laughs> no, it's not. It's true. He, they, experts say they actually are very affectionate creatures. Okay, I'll give them that. And then they say, especially when they want your attention. Okay, what are they doing the rest of the time? Yeah, they're standoffish and they're aloof. Cats know exactly what they want. They know exactly when they want it. And the rest of the time, uh, leave me alone. I'm just going to go over here. Just you, you are not important to me. Just go away. You know, with the current pandemic, uh, 848 bajillion people are stuck at home. Either they're working from home or they're trying to read a book or they're putting together a jigsaw puzzle. But if you have a cat, I guarantee you, he or she has been all up in your face while you're trying to do one of those things. If you're working from home, you're trying to send out that email, uh, the cat will come up and help you out and lay down the keyboard and type out an entire email full of nothing but R's. If you're trying to read a book, yeah, try and turn that page. And if you're putting together a jigsaw puzzle, I can assure you that cat is laying exactly where you were working. And just to make matters worse, if you're not paying any attention to him, uh, he will knock a few pieces off the table and onto the floor. Scientists, and this time they're from National Geographic, they found out that cats learn how different people in the house will react to their antics or their vocalizations. They understand exactly which noise they have to make to get a particular person's attention to play with them or give them a snack or a treat or whatever it may be. Our cats are very well-trained for treat time. 
every morning after my wife finishes her run, she goes out in the kitchen and she gives them treats. Now, if my wife is traveling and I'm stuck at home, I'm sorry, when I'm home with some one-on-one time with the cats uh, and it's treat time, they'll let me know it's treat time. They won't leave me alone. They will follow me around the house. I swear if they had opposable thumbs, they would write a little note that says it's treat time and then slap it on my forehead. So I'll go to the cabinet and get it out. They look at me like, oh yeah, this is going to work out well for us. I, she knows how many treats she gives them, what order she gives them, who eats first, who eats, how much, which ones, there's three different treats. I dump a bunch on the floor and then and I just run away. Speaking of food, and this may be true in your house as well, uh, our cats have been on dry food their entire lives. They had it when they were at the rescue center. They've had it here for years. The, the new little girl, she's, she was brought up on dry food. Now, each night, sometime in the 5 o'clock range, they will get a, a little bit of wet cat food, uh, a teaspoon or two in a little bowl, and they each have their own separate bowl. But this is the kind that comes from the uh, Friskies can, you know, the little pull tab, you kind of crack it open and peel it back, and that's, that's what they, they get. And let me inter- interrupt myself here on this whole 5 o'clock thing. Starting around 4 o'clock every night, they all three will converge on wherever we are at, whether it's in the family room watching TV or at a table putting a jigsaw puzzle together. makes no difference. They will start gathering. And as each minute gets closer to 5 o'clock, they start inching closer towards us. And if we have not made a move towards the kitchen by 5 o'clock, all hell breaks loose. They will start making themselves very well known, climbing on things, knocking things over, talking, yelling, staring. They let us know in no uncertain terms it is now 5 o'clock. But let's get back to the food. The cans are always those pull tab kind of cat food cans. We have never used the kind of can that requires the electric can opener, ever. So why is it the minute I'm opening up a can of corn or a can of beans, something for me, and they hear that, they tear into the kitchen like I just tossed a huge salmon on the floor. I don't understand what, what DNA marker, what genetic makeup is in a cat that says, hey, when you hear this sound, it's time for food. Now, come on, scientists. You figured out what uh, a cat's hissing noise means. You certainly can figure out why when they hear a can opener, they somehow have connected that to food. Work on that, please. Now, I'll be the first to admit, cats are much smarter than we give them credit for. Um, They learn how to figure stuff out. Our cat, uh, the Holy Terror, he can open the the shutters, you know, flip them open so we can look out the window. But if he wants the entire shutter piece swung out of the way so we can have full access to the glass, he will sit there and look at me. And with one meow at me, I'll jump up out of the chair or I'll jump up out of bed if it's nighttime and go over and open up the uh, plantation shutter so he has full access to the window. And then I'll get back into bed. And I'll lay there and think, what the hell just happened? You know, at the very least, I should get a treat for jumping up and opening the window for him. And here's a good one if you have a cat and you tried to do this. Get out your cat carrier. That's right. you got to take the cat to the vet, needs her shots or something wrong. The minute that cat sees that cat carrier... It is long gone. There is no amount of baby talk of cooing the cat out from underneath your bed that's ever going to get that cat to come out so you can stuff them in a cat carrier and take them to the vet. The cats know exactly what that is. Yes, 
They're smart little critters, and I don't like it for one bit. And if you have a cat or two, you know about this part, nighttime. That's the time when cats think you should not be asleep. Remember that big snow leopard cat we have? Uh, at 3 a.m. every morning, he thinks that's the time he wants a good back scratch, and so he headbutts me. He'll come up in the bed, get a full steam going, and then rams into me with his head because he's saying, I love you, and scratch my back. And if they don't want to play, they just want to sleep, then they will somehow wedge themselves in and then stretch out so you get little tiny claws in your back or your side, and you wake up enough just to move because you think you need to give them more space. Why is it at two o'clock in the morning we get so stupid that we let the furry thing take over? You know, this is going to sound petty, and I own it, but just to get even, sometimes if my cat is sleeping in a chair and it's two o'clock in the afternoon, I'll walk by and wake him up. So he kind of looks at me and I say, yeah, go back to sleep. I know, petty. Here's something you may have encountered uh, if you have cats, and that's knocking things over. Now, some cats are just plain clumsy, but more often than not, they do it for attention. Or scientists have said what they're doing is they've created a game where if they knock something over, you go pick it up. And for them, that's fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. And the last thing I want to complain about, the last thing I want to talk about are, are cat toys. If you have a cat, you probably have a few cat toys spread around. If you're in this house, there's a thousand cat toys spread around everywhere. I collect them all up. We actually have a cat toy box. It's a little felt, felt box that's sitting on the hearth of the fireplace and all the toys go in there. The teenager cat, a.k.a. the Holy Terror, he'll go over and sit by his toy box, look at us, and then meow. And being the loyal subjects we are, we will jump up, run over, and get a toy for King Cat. We'll take one out. We'll toss it across the room. And he just sits there and watches it fly across the room and doesn't move a muscle, as if he's to say, no, not that one. I don't know where that accent came from, sorry. I know I've been hard on cats for the past 18 and a half minutes, but frankly, they usually deserve it. But let's circle back to the beginning. Remember I said that my cat was staring at me? Well, the uh, scientist at National Geographic said that even though cats don't often show it, they are often thinking about us. If you haven't noticed, when the cats stare at us all the time, that's usually because they're watching us or trying to bond with us. Cats also spend a lot of time thinking about or watching our emotional state, which says a lot about the cat's emotions. They can gauge and interpret our feelings to decide how to respond to us. So even if they don't always seem like it, cats are extremely attached to us. In one particular experiment, Scientists found that cats interact more with their owners than with strangers, which shows how cats and humans bond. Now, wrapping this up, while your cat may not be competing with you for food, the Ohio State University Indoor Pet Initiative, yes, that's correct, Ohio State has a pet initiative. Anyway, they point out that the cat is a territorial hunter, just like its jaguar or tiger cousins. But that doesn't mean they don't love you. It's just that she or he values access to their food and comfort much more than you. And that means you get to sleep on a tiny corner of the bed and jump up and open the window when they call for it. Because you are the loyal subject. There you go, cat fans. Now you know. And for all of you dog fans listening, now you know why you don't have a cat. All right, what have we learned this episode? Well, we learned if you hear a yowl, grab a towel. I don't care who you are, that is catchy. 
If you hear a yowl, grab a towel. I'm, I'm going to sell that to uh, Bounty Paper Towels. All right, what else we learned? We learned that uh, cats think we're big, clumsy cats. And we also learned that Ohio State has way too much money if they can create some sort of institute. Apparently, my 20 minutes are way up because uh, my cat is now chewing on the microphone cord. He knows what... Tw- Stop it! He knows what 20 minutes is and I don't. So my apologies, I went over. I will give the time back to you next time. And let's put this in the can. Thank you very much for listening. I always, always appreciate you tuning in and listening to these things. And until next time, thanks for listening to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye.